Hi, everybody. Welcome to our midweek podcast. It's Pastor Josh and Carl again. Hey. Yeah. Hey, Carl. Uh, I don't know why I said it like that. Like you're, I felt like we were just in an episode of Home Improvement when I was looking over the... Yeah. What was the neighbor's name? I just... All I, I know what he looks at. Wilson. 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 Okay. Wilson. Anyway, today we're in John chapter 20, uh, verses 19 to 22. Pastor Marvin just preached a whole message, an Easter message last weekend. It's a great service. What? Like, it was awesome. Yeah. It was, it was just, it was fantastic. Yeah, the whole team did a great job. So we're, uh, if you were there, man, it was, uh, it was just amazing. So kudos to the whole team. Kudos to, just shout out to Lawrence Stratton for the amazing stage design from Friday to Sunday, like just killed it. Yeah. And the amount of work that must have taken, he must have been. Yeah. yeah I saw him exactly. soldering things for days. So <laughs> awesome. but, uh, what, what amazing part. So uh, Marvin had four points from his sermon uh, and basically just rolls down the first encounter that Jesus has with his disciples after the resurrection in an upper room or in a room, a locked room, a barricaded room, he, he mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, and he walks through the walls and there he is. And uh, this is the whole point in time where Thomas doesn't necessarily believe, so he makes him touch his hands and, and his side. So the, the four points were ultimately that Jesus's presence uh, is with us, that his peace, he, he disseminates his peace to us, that uh, he actually gives his people a purpose, and that finally he gives us power for living. All of that from that one, one go. But but there was a, a, a C.S. Lewis quote. Oh, it's a good one. That caught me. That caught me um, very deeply that Sunday morning. And this is what it says. He says, uh, you must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him or kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. That that overwhelmingly struck me. Because hmm. I think like if you've grown up in, in church in any way, you hear the whole he was a lunatic or he's Lord. Like right. the, the liar lunatic Lord. You're right. Yeah. I mean you even you took it one more sorry. One more further. No, no, right. I, I don't know why you're sorry. You're so Canadian. Um but ultimately, at the end of the day, when you think about the nonsensical nature of the gospel, mm-hmm. it actually it actually is very like for a thinking person, it's 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 it is actually crazy to think that this guy would roll around the earth um, claiming to be God, claiming to be the Son of God, and then at the end of it all, like be so committed to the lie yeah, that he's willing to die for it. I actually just recently watched, uh, like this morning actually, just watched a, a documentary, short documentary on a woman named Elizabeth Holmes. She started this company called Theranos out of Silicon Valley. And the whole idea, she, I mean, she was literally the one of the youngest billionaires in the world at one point. Hmm. Like she had acquired investment money of about $9 billion into this thing. And what it was, was essentially uh, like a medical um, blood testing machine that would take your blood, insert it into some kind of system, and it would tell you whether or not you had like a cold or cancer or like lupus or some crazy disease. Wow. 
Uh, and you in the the time span between testing and actual results was so short and she sold this to so many people like it was a, it was an amazing amazing feat of if 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 she can do this yeah she is literally the next Steve Jobs in terms of technology and this is even bigger because it's medical technology that yeah. would be yeah. you know just take over things but at the end of it uh, everybody finds out that her prototype can only do like 12 out of a out of, out of the thousand tests that she was claiming it could do it was a really crazy um culture behind uh behind the company like a very unhealthy very toxic hmm. she was lying to investors she's currently uh on trial or going to trial for like wire fraud like just just craziness yeah she's she's literally not worth anything now and but she was i don't know like she she was so dedicated to the lie but the minute she gets deposed by lawyers and starts asking her questions, like when you said this in Forbes or when you said this in whatever magazine it was, what did you mean by that? Was that true? And now she's she's being deposed by lawyers. And so she says, no, that's not true. Or this is not true. Right. Like she's not dedicated to the lie to the point of incriminating herself for the sake of going to jail to have more stuff on her. Right. And you think Jesus... I'm the son of God. I'm going to heal people. Like you would have to be a nut bar to be like, yeah, okay. Okay. I'm going to get whipped for this. Yeah. Things started going south. He could have, right? he had a few options to kind of jump off the train. If he I'm done. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. Why? Like this is not worth it. And, and even, even the idea of all of these, um, these cult leaders like David Koresh and Jim Jones, like it's not enough for them to die. The whole idea dies. I mean, they're taking out all of their followers. And so here's Jesus, though, and exactly what Lewis is saying. Like, he wasn't just a, a nice moral teacher. For this guy to decide to go to the cross, to that point, I mean, he's either mentally deranged or he is exactly who he said he is. And I think for any thinking person that looks at the gospel, that looks at Christianity, that looks at a scene like that, it's hard to kind of put it all together. Definitely. I mean, and the interesting thing is, is it's not only that he was dedicated to that, but, and especially his followers after the fact were equally as dedicated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it would be one thing if, yeah, the leader, you know, went to his deathbed proclaiming something, but the the disciples and, you know, all, all of the people thereafter had... You know, whatever happened, especially for those doubting people, the people yeah. that that thought it was all over. I mean, the experience that they had convinced them that this was so real and so right mm -hmm. that they gave literally gave their life for it. Well, yeah, L literally gave yeah. their lives for it. Like to the point of, and I, I think even when you think about the gospel itself, like, like when when Paul says it's foolishness to the perishing. With those that are being saved, it's the power of God. Like, I've actually had to logically think through the gospel hmm. and come to the point of like, I, if it was just in my own head, it makes absolute no, absolutely no sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, hey, oh, so, so what you're saying is, there was a man and a woman in the in the start of the whole thing that were created, and they were she was deceived by a serpent. First, first <laughs> flag for me. Sure, talking animals. Talking animals. Um, okay. Well, that's cool. Um, 
and this God doesn't eradicate the creation. Like it's, it's so anti mythology. Like when you think of Greek mythology, uh, Roman mythology, uh, Egyptian mythology, Persian mythology, like the gods are never the ones to be like, you know what? Just leave the garden. Right. And, yeah, there's no grace. There's no grace there, <laughs> right? You know, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there's none of that. And so, okay, well, so already this doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then you're working it through, you know, people like Noah and Abraham and Moses and then to David and promising through all these imperfect people, like even Marvel movies. That's very timely. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is very timely. Okay. You know, you 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 see imperfectness, but not to the point of like failure in perfectness. Right. Uh, you know, and, and then you get to okay. Well, Jesus is coming. He was a he was, you know, uh, his mom got overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and got pregnant. Okay. <laughs> All right. He grew up sinless. Okay. But yet, you know, even the Bible will say was tempted in every way that we that we are, uh, and never sinned. Okay, right. and then you keep going, and you're like, all right. So now he teaches for three years out of a like a, a thirty odd year life. Finally, gets to the place where he's where you're saying, oh well, you know, you have some some authority to say something. Uh, okay, and he does for three years. He's got these twelve people following him around. He gets to points where he has thousands of people following him, and he's like, "If you don't eat of my of my body and drink of my blood, sorry, what? You can't follow me. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> well, yeah. And then he loses all the crazy followers, talk. obviously. Yeah, and you know, and is going is, is subverting a whole religious system mm-hmm. in this small country in the middle of the Middle East. That's a land bridge. And then you get to like the the death and resurrection. He comes back to life, and then someday he's coming back uh, with a tattoo on his leg, with fiery eyes and like white hair from the sky. Like, is this for real? So, for me, my dad always taught me to be a critical thinker. Hmm. So logically, it really doesn't make any sense. But like, this is where like salvation is a, a an incredible gift from God. Because how could you, as a logical thinking person, buy into all that? Well, and I mean, I think that's why so many people have, they struggle with it. Because it it is literally a free gift that is so hard to accept. Mm -hmm. Like that, I mean, we have a lot easier time wrapping our head around the other major religions that look for you know, you know, acts of, of, you know, duty and acts and things. And that just, that makes sense to our logical brain that something costs something, but when it's free, you would think it would be easy just to be, okay, cool. It's free. I'll take it. Yeah. But apparently, I mean, this just doesn't come naturally to, to us. No, because, because I think it doesn't demand, like it demands belief, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't demand an action from us. Yeah. And I think that's hard for human beings. And and the crazy thing is, I just went through that whole spiel. And now when I think about it, to me, it is the sweetest, it's the sweetest truth I've ever, I've ever had in my own life. Mm-hmm. Like I can't imagine life outside of understanding the gospel, what it costs and what it means to me. Yeah. For my life. Like, I mean, it's ev- crazy. And we even get like, to me, I've had glimpses of it in my personal life where I know that what I'm experiencing is just a fraction, like a glimpse mm. 
at what it is on a cosmic eternal level and that blows me away yeah so um, i mean maybe that's part of it is that we just can't even fathom the complexity and depth of it uh, and so I guess we can be thankful for the, the little things that point us in that direction, but man. See, I heard, I heard a guy named Jerron Lanier. He's the, he's the father of virtual reality. Hmm. And he was talking about social media. Uh, and he was, he wrote a book, 10 reasons why you should delete all your social media accounts right now. Uh, oh, like, like Silicon Valley yep. legend, this okay. guy. And he was talking about spirituality and how like, social media is developing into a different kind of religion for people. I can see that. Where virality uh, or virality rather is truth, where if you can work things up or promote it a certain way, there's, there's meaning behind it. And he made a statement that like, that really caught me because he's not a Christian guy, but he said, you know, what's, what's happening is social media is really showing us that what we understand as meaning can, has limits. Hmm. And he said, the very idea of a world without infinity or that there are edges terrifies me. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. He said, like, a world that I, I can completely understand and fathom scares me. And he said, you know, if you have a belief system, he said, you know, whether you're, you know, a traditionalist in terms of religion or, right. or even an atheist, he said, those are much better belief systems than what people are being sold in terms of a social media spirituality. That's fascinating. It was fascinating. And I just thought like when you, when you it, take those implications into Christianity, like here is, here is a God that offers that infinity that there are, that there are, that there are edges to our understanding, but not to his. And that they push out so much further and that we have the ability to have a relationship with that God. Like that to me is what blows my mind about mm the relational aspect of Christianity versus other religions. Interesting. Another thing that I, that, that I was thinking about uh, in the aftermath of Sunday was, you know, talking about that quote, I was always, uh, there's a challenge in there too, for me, and it's kind of coming through as we're talking to, in my opinion, is, uh, you know, realizing that if Jesus said these things and we can't, we can't pick and choose what he said he was mm -hmm. then the things that he said have such big implications then too for our lives oh, and we can't just pick and choose the things that we like uh, for ourselves and i think for me that's a challenge uh, as well so you know in all of these situations it's yes um yeah i believe and he said all these things but i don't think we then also have the right to say well these are the things that applied to me then as well mm -hmm. so so then I mean, the, what you're talking about is a com consumeristic Christianity. Right. So do you think that there's a lot of that uh, overall in the subculture that we're a part of? I mean, I know, I know it's in my life. Uh, okay. I mean, I've, and again, I've, I have worked at a church and I have been in the Christian subculture. So yes, it's definitely there. Uh, and we could, uh, we could go on yeah, and yeah, on. Sure, but sure. I know just even for me personally, it's e very easy to put weight on certain things that I've, that we're called to do mm -hmm. based on either the things that I'm interested in, the things that I think carry more weight. Um, but I, d I don't think he gives us that option though either, which I think is an interesting application. So how, how do you fight it? How do you fight the consumerism, the wanting to pick and choose to, to make it comfortable for yourself? 
I don't know. That's fair. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it's because I think well, for me, it's mostly just, I think, getting those course corrections yeah. for me, getting the rem- reminders of the course corrections is, uh, and I mean, again, it's, it, it's just interesting to see where God has brought me um, in my understanding of him over the last 20 years. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't have predicted it. So I guess for me, not knowing, I don't know where he'll take me, but I do know I know I've got a lot, oh man, I've got a lot to learn, but, and the things that I held on to so tightly before I don't hold on to as tightly anymore. But I just, for me, the challenge is that I don't think I get the right to say, okay, well, I'm going to just take this part because it applies to me right now in my life. But I think, I think that's brutal honesty with yourself. Hmm. You know, I think that is, I think that's something that we don't do well. Yeah. We love to, I heard somebody say one time, like we judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Interesting. And he said like, you know, I intend, you know, people will say all the time, I intended to, so I'm not, you know, I'm not that bad of a person. It's it's a way to kind of, to, to soften the blows of putting, like not actually being in people's lives the way that you know you probably should or following through with certain things or whatever. But when somebody else, their actions affect you or affect, you know, the world around you, it's easy to point and say, oh, well, look at how horrible they are. But we soften it for ourselves Hmm. because we're like, I'm not, you know, I intended (laughs) not to do that, but I did. And yes, it's bad, but you know, but if, if you only knew. And it could have been worse. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. could have been worse. And I think like that's where a brutal honesty, like what you're talking about is, I, in my opinion, is, is really the. I think it's really the key hmm. to being open to hearing what Jesus has to say as Lord. Right. Right. Cause everybody wants him to be the savior. Like sure. every, people oh, are okay yeah. with that. Yeah. They're like, yeah. yes, save me. Cause save I'm, me. I need it. <laughs> but when it comes down to the Lordship of Christ, hmm. I think there, you know, that's the separation side of it. Like, what do you do with that? And I think the brutality of, I want my own way, but I have to fight it actually letting him have his way in my heart. Yeah. And sometimes I learn that in very hurtful and painful ways to get to that point. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that's the journey that followers of Jesus yeah. really do have to be on on regular. And we won't be done. We won't, we won't no. figure it out. So, I mean, that's, I find some solace in that, that, that I, even scripturally, we know that, that we won't make it, No, but, uh, and that the, the journey is what is important. And I mean, then, so that is, that is my goal, but I, I thought it was, a, yeah, it was an interesting sort of thing. And well, you know, we, yeah, we can't pick and choose. Right. So, yeah. and do you find over the years you've, you've, you have more patience for yourself? Yeah. I think for me, I, I think that I have certain things figured out and I like, okay, I'm going to move on to the next yeah. thing. And then I find, wait a second, <laughs> I'm just going to have to go and revisit that whole thing again, because what happened or where I feel God's brought me has, no, I got to revisit that whole thing again. I thought, I thought I had it figured out. We could move on to the next thing. Nope. No, we're, we're still going to, we're going to revisit that. How's that? Yeah. I find that too. (laughs) I find that too. But you know, at the same time, I think that's where knowing that he's with me in it. Yeah. Like I know it's going to be okay. And, and revisiting it for some reason, as years go by, it's not as terrifying. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more open to revisiting things that I thought I had pinned. 
Right. And I think, I mean, in terms of patience, I think for me, even experiencing it personally has let me be a little more gentle with right. people who, other people who are yeah. experiencing things in different ways. And, you know, not that I'm, you know, a, you know, universalist or, th- you know, anything goes or whatever, but my goodness, uh, I think there needs to be that patience, uh, because where you are is not where I'm at. No. doesn't mean that your truth is your truth, but it does mean that, um, that God's got you in a different place than he's got me. Yeah. And, and I think that's okay. Yeah. I think that's okay. That's good. No, that's good. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for chatting that out, Carl. That was, that was good stuff. That was good stuff. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you want to go and find any more episodes, you can go to elamchurch.podbean.com or you can go to iTunes and search up Elam Church. You'll find us there. It's it's actually very easy. Uh, and if you have any questions about Elam as a whole, as a church, you go to elamchurch.ca and find all that out. Also, also May 15th, we're having a, a forum on the church and our reactions and our ability to have conversations with people that are part of the LGBTQ plus community. I really love for you to be there at 7 p.m. in the atrium at at Elam. I think it's going to be a great time of conversation and seeing how we can do a better job as the church of understanding where we are in terms of sexuality, but also how we can share our lives with people that are parts of communities that, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily have a lot of uh, investment or friendship in. And so we want to make sure that we bridge those gaps. So Anyway, that's uh, an invitation for you on May 15th. And uh, anyway, yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Have a great day. See you later.